0: So quick at about noon.
1: And welcome into the Wednesday, June 17th edition of the podcast with Damien Barling presented by Vibe health while We are so happy that you're here and decided to download an episode today. It's gonna to be a it's gonna be a busy day here on a little network of podcasts if you're a subscriber there over on Patreon.com slash Damien Barling. Uh, I'm interviewing a sociology professor today who studied the Tulsa riots in nineteen twenty one. Tulsa's been a frequent point of conversation. In the mainstream media, I think for the first time ever uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, and I've been doing some just, I've been deep into research about Tulsa over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I, I found this sociology professor at Colorado State University who wrote a number of papers uh, on the subject, specifically how race riots are, are, were covered back in 1921, how they were covered in the 60s, and we'll talk to him about how some of those same theories about those rides pertain uh, to today, but I'm really anxious to talk to him. That's going to drop on Be Conscious on Patreon.com slash Damien Barling uh, later on today. Of course, if you're a wrestling fan, the newest episode and the much talked about episode. When I say much talked about, I say much talked about by me. Uh, episode number three of uh, Relive dropped today, focusing on the Lex Express and WrestleMania 10. But it was really the, it was really the. The behind-the-scenes stuff, it was really the stuff out of the ring that made that podcast something. Uh, what was going on in the world of professional wrestling in the early 90s, uh, particularly the world of the WWF, is just, it's absolutely something. So if it's not a time that you live through, uh, check out that episode of Relive. It dropped today. Uh, it is available on this very same podcast platform that you are listening to this show on, and it doesn't matter what platform you're listening to this on, whether it's Apple podcast, Google, Spotify, radio.com, you name it. We're on there and we appreciate you listening. Uh, if you're new to this podcast and you haven't rated or reviewed the show yet, particularly on Apple podcast, if you could do that, that would be fantastic. The rating money hit the five stars. If you think we're well, worth it, if you got and that takes a split second, you could do it right now without even stopping the show. Uh, if you got an extra, I don't know, 45 seconds, 60 to 90 seconds, drop us a review. As well, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So Shams had all the good stuff yesterday, man. We got all the dirt. I don't know that it's it's not necessarily dirt, but we got about 100 pages worth of details from the NBA about what this metaphorical bubble in Orlando is going to look like. Uh, Let's start with the hotels because, correct me if I'm wrong, did we get this idea right? We had an idea of the NBA like cuz we were talking about how do you reward teams with top seeds and we joked well you just give them the best hotel. Apparently the NBA was listening because that's exactly how these hotels are divided up there are three different hotels there's the Grand Destino I guess it's what it's called the Bucks the Lakers the Raptors the Clippers the Celtics the Nuggets the Jazz and the Heat. Be occupying that hotel, the Grand Floridian Thunder, 76ers, Rockets, Pacers, Mavericks, Nets, Grizzlies, and the Orlando Magic. And it is Yacht Club for life. The Portland Trail Blazers, the Sacramento Kings, the New Orleans Pelicans, the San Antonio Spurs, the Phoenix Suns, and the Washington Wizards. I guess the belief is the Yacht Club won't be around for very long and then we will be down to two hotels, uh, so that's that's what they decided to do for the top seeds. Is that's how they broke them into hotels. And then the, this is interesting. So I, I understand. So I, I think I understand the theory behind this. And let's let's just all be honest with ourselves here. The yacht club doesn't make it past the first eight games it, in likely scenarios, right? The the, the, the the odds are still that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to make the playoffs. Right. So let's eliminate the Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, blah, 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 blah. They're all gone. Okay. So now you're down to two hotels. And if, if, which, which, by the way, shrinks the bubble. So if things kind of go according to seating, then eventually, like we, we could be looking. I mean, again, look at these, look at these teams in the, in, in the top hotel. It's the Bucks title contenders the lakers raptors clippers title contenders the celtics title contenders i think the nuggets the jazz the heat i i i don't know that they're a big threat i i mean would you think the 76ers are a bigger threat than any of those those three teams right now that are higher seeds would you think that the rockets are a bigger threat than either of those three three teams that are higher seeds so so it's 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 interesting and, and i'll be curious how this like plays out because what if just hypothetically, what if it winds up being, let's say, the Clippers and the 76ers? Do they combine hotels? Do they do they move the 76ers uh, into the Destino Hotel, or do they keep them separate? And the only reason I question that is because people would think, well, no, you'd want to keep them separate. You don't want them, you know, eavesdropping or running into each other in the elevator or, you know, whatever. But if you have them in the same hotel, it also shrinks the the bubble even further which I think is the ultimate goal it's to shrink the bubble as much as possible which is probably part of the thinking in rewarding the top teams with the the top seeds with uh with the nicest hotel and I I'm confident that even yacht club for life I'm I'm confident none of these hotels are bad uh, the NBA stays in the absolute, I mean, they are in five star hotels, so it, it, it. I'm sure, I'm sure, sh- I'm sure the yacht club is one that I would uh, have to pass up for their nightly rate uh, if I was booking a trip to Disneyland. Uh, but that was, that was just, <laughs> that was just one of the little nuggets that we got yesterday from Shams in this 100 page uh, report that came out from the NBA yesterday, or this 100 page worth of protocols. That was laid out uh, by the NBA and the NBA's Players Association. Uh, Protocol for positive coronavirus testing Uh, the player or coach or staff member would enter immediate isolation separation location. They have something called isolation housing. Uh, They would retest to confirm the positive, and they wouldn't exit isolation until after consecutive negative tests uh, that were at least 24 hours apart. So, they've laid out, and in, in the, in the NBA has stated, we're, we're expecting positive tests. The interesting thing is, they will have been tested thr- twice, I think at least twice before they even get to Orlando. So if they, if they test positive when they get to Orlando or if they test positive at some point, like during the season, something has failed somewhere because it's one thing, you you know, if what what are we, we're, we're June 17th. So players are going to be tested uh, here in the, in the city of Sacramento, I think in seven, six, like five days. So if we get like the whole Sacramento Kings team tested positive, like, okay, it, that's actually not that big of a deal. Why? Because they're supposed to return here. They're going to be tested. They're supposed to be isolated. That was something else that was laid out. I think they, you know, they, they laid out phase ones and phase twos. And you know what the most concerning thing for all of us, just as people who live in this country is the fact that. This whole phase one, phase two, phase three plan that the NBA has laid out, the only team that doesn't participate in it is the Toronto Raptors. Because Canada is like, no, we're not allowing any of these phases that you're talking about to happen. And so Toronto is heading straight to Orlando. Toronto's heading straight to Orlando to start this whole process because Canada will not allow them to do these things that have been laid out. Like, think about that for a second. Isn't that concerning? Like we're the country with the most COVID-19 tests. We're the country with the most COVID-19 deaths. And yet, it's Canada that is still shut down going, no, you, no, no, you, you absolutely cannot return to practice. No, you absolutely cannot have your entire team flying here to this country. No, 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 no. So they're, they're sending them straight to Atlanta. So they're, or excuse me, they're sending them straight to Orlando, so they're they're kind of uh, they're the exception to all of these different rules. Is they're they're going to be going through the same procedures. It's just they're going to be going through these procedures in Orlando. So coming up, uh, let's see. Phase two is set to begin on on June 23rd. So this involves the Sacramento Kings. Players are expected to remain at home, with only household members only leaving for essential items, and then that's when you know the teams will begin. Uh, mandatory COVID nineteen testings. Uh, testings will consist of the shallow na- nasal swab. It won't be that. It won't be that uncomfortable one that seems to like tickle your brain. Uh, that we've like I haven't had it done. I, I haven't felt the need to, but I've certainly seen the videos of it, and it's yikes. It's it's something else. No people say it doesn't hurt. It's just it's, it's uncomfortable. And given the length of that swab, like I can imagine it. It's like you're grabbing DNA from my skull. Like I'll take a hard pass on that. But the NBA is not doing that one. So phase three, uh, practice facility work. Like that begins individual workouts, uh, become mandatory for players. Still, uh, group workouts uh, are not allowed. They're still prohibited for medical reasons, and no more than eight players will be permitted in the team's facility. So I, this, I, I don't want to say we we had this right. We were kind of trying to figure out what they were going to do. Like, would they really run team practices through the first week of, you know, while they're in Sacramento? And the answer is a definitive no. Not only, and not by choice, they are not allowed to. No group practices will be allowed here uh, at Sac in Sacramento at the Golden One Center, or any other market in which a team is returning to play. Only individual workouts; team workouts cannot begin until they get to the NBA campus at Walt Disney World in Orlando. So they laid out, you know, what the first week inside this metaphorical bubble will look like. Um, all team and league staff must wear. Uh, there, apparently there's this alarm, uh, players will have the option to wear a proximity alarm that will notify a player. If he spends more than five seconds within six feet of another person on campus who is also wearing an alarm, all team and league staff, potentially excluding referees. I don't know why that is must wear the alarm. It's optional for players. Players will also have the option of wearing uh, what's something called an Aura Smart Ring that may help with early detection of the coronavirus and will track temperature, respiratory and heart rate, and other measures. Like, wait, what? Like, this thing exists? How many of these are we about to hand out in, in Orlando? And how come, how come, like, you know, I don't know, senior citizens couldn't give them or get them? How come essential workers who, who had to go back to work, how come they couldn't get these? I mean, I know the answer. I know why. But damn, man. this technology exists. Like, you had to think, like, with all of the technology that we have, it could be something that helped us along this process, right? It feels like technology, for the most part, through the COVID-19 crisis, has been essentially useless. But it turns out it hasn't. It's just you and I can't afford it. We want to make sure that the NBA gets played, so we want to make sure that the players are protected rather than, you know, our essential health workers or, I don't know, our at-risk senior citizens or, I don't know, people who have been forced go- to go back to work way too early. Today is your, this this right now, by the way, as we're laying out um, this plan by the NBA, this is a, an, an appropriate time to remind you as it relates to the COVID-19 virus, we are all essentially fucked. You just watch these numbers just skyrocket over the last couple of weeks in the government, particularly Republican-led states. They desperately want you to ignore it. Hell, even Gavin Newsom now is like, hey, you guys still got to do your part. You got to wear a mask. You got to do all this. It's like, bro, why don't you shut the state down? Why don't you tell everybody, hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Maybe we Hey, let's get to know each other before we go back out there and, and get all intimate nah we got to open up the state got to open up the economy like all right cool well you know what dr fauci said come this fall mm -mm -mm -mm." you'll hear (laughs) dr fauci weighed in on baseball now it it is not funny because he didn't weigh in on like the labor disputed baseball it's just like more piling on as it pertains to baseball i'll let you know what he said here uh in just a couple of minutes certain disney staff will be required to reside at the NBA campus, and then certain Disney staff will not be. Uh, they will also not undergo coronavirus testing. However, they will be screened each day on campus to take their temperature uh, and monitor their symptoms. So that was another. So here, here's, you know, I, I I go back to what we were just talking about. With players getting tested, you know, over the course of the next, you know, within the next six, seven days, every player who is returning or every player who is headed to Orlando is going to be tested. That's going to be their, their their first of many, many COVID-19 tests. So once they get there on, you know, June July 7th, I think we're talking about, and they get tested over the course of July 7th, July 8th, if you have as many positive tests in Orlando as you do with teams in their home market, that's con- that's really, really concerning. and if that number let's let's just hypothetically let's go with a positive situation here. if you've got 10. 10 positive tests upon entering the bubble, okay, you got ten positive tests and if the number either grow even if it grows to eleven or twelve or thirteen or it still lingers around 10 isn't that a sign that something's something's not right like something's going wrong either we have grossly un- underestimated the the potential spread of this virus even in an isolated area or somewhat isolated area or their checks and protocol they're not they're not this isn't balancing out like something's wrong their baseline number when the team's return in in a week or so. they've gotta i mean to be able to measure that number versus the number of positive tests when they get to Orlando versus the positive test two weeks later when uh, scrimmage games start, and then of course three and a half weeks later. When regular season games start, that's a number that they've got to measure because at some point, again, just hypothetically, it starts at ten. If it stays at ten, even even if it doesn't grow, doesn't that doesn't that mean there's a problem? Because I would think you if if you started even if you started at twenty, but the next week it was thirteen, right? You've got to look at okay, this is this is positive. We're trending in the right direction. It's eight like okay what we're doing is working the protocols that we have set for they're working but to me if it if if the number doesn't go down even if it's a I, 10 i believe i think 10 positive tests is a very manageable number for the nba i've been trying to figure out what the unmanageable number is i've been trying to figure out if it's a large number overall or if it's a large number isolated to one group like if 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 the grizzlies What if the Grizzlies have like nine positive tests out of their 35-ish member traveling party? Is that an insurmountable number? What is an insurmountable number? What is an insurmountable number for a team? What is an insurmountable number for the league? The league has said that there is, you know, there's scenarios that could result in the resumption of the season being canceled or once the season actually does resume, it could result in it being canceled a second time. They just didn't specifically outline what those were. So once you get to campus, if you, you've got uh, group workouts that can happen. Of course, practices can happen. You know, things kind of, it's, this, this will be the first semblance of NBA normal, you know, for these athletes and for these players and for these coaches and for these staff members. And once you get to the campus, you'll be able to, you know, work out with your team. You'll be able to weight train. You'll be able to do all of that stuff. Um, it has to be under supervision of team staff. Each team staff has, uh, and I, and I think it's, um, it's, it's not a position that like the Kings had to hire. It's a position that it's, it's, it's an infectious disease consultant, but they're, they're related to the NBA. I don't know how many there are. I don't know if it's one consultant that oversees all 22 teams. I don't know if it's one consultant, uh, per like practice court i'm not really sure what it is but that's a position that's coming from the league uh covid19 testing will continue uh, regularly it doesn't say daily it says daily temperature checks will happen uh symptom surveys will happen uh they'll check pulse rates and things like that there will not be daily covid19 testing which is something that we thought there would be when uh, details of the plan leak. So there is no daily testing. The NBA says there will be regular COVID-19 testing. Uh, At all times on the court, players must avoid spitting or clearing their nose or wiping the ball with their jerseys. They must avoid licking their hands and unnecessarily touching their mouth guard. Okay. Okay. That's, I mean, is, you know what's going to happen, right? Like, I don't know that it's going to happen in practice. I don't know that it's going to happen in uh, scrimmages. But once these guys get, you know, on the court in a real basketball game with buzzers going off and shot clocks and different things like that, it's, yeah, I, I mean, how often do we see guys take their mouthpiece out at the free throw line? How often do we see that stuff? They get into habits like these guys have been doing this forever. I mean, and and I guess it's up to the referee. Like, what has to happen at that point? The referee has to blow the whistle. You know, call de- you, you we know Steph Curry right? Steph Curry, you know, basically pops his mouth guard out every dead ball. I know Steph Curry's not there, but but you you get what I'm saying. He pops his mouth guard out every dead ball. So is it up to the referee to? blow the like what do you got to do with that situation like blow the play dead and then send the player over there to get some purell i'm sure i'm sure they have a strategy for it but i'm just outlining what if a player does you know lick his hands and touch the ball what if a player does uh wipe the ball with his his jersey switch out the ball i mean the ball's gonna come in proximity of people's jerseys i mean what what are we talking about wiping the ball with their jersey You ever seen Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter? You look like he just got out of the shower. There are plenty of NBA players who sweat heavily. They go up there, they grab a rebound, they tuck it into their body. What are you going to do? Call to play dead. Oh, we got to change the ball. Damn it. Bagley sweated all over it again. Harry Giles is out here sweating like nothing. Nobody's business. Get him a new ball. Is that what we're doing? I don't know. Now that I'm starting to say this stuff out loud, is this going to work? Players are requested to have only brief interactions with players residing in other hotels uh, that are encountered in common areas of the NBA campus. Uh, Any meal eaten with a player on another team must be eaten outside. Uh, Players are not permitted to enter each other's hotel rooms due to infection concerns. And Disney chefs will prepare... Uh, daily meals, and there will also be a room service option. Uh, subject to a few exceptions, food deliveries from outside of the NBA campus are not permitted. Okay, so you know we've 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 laid out some of the amenities. I believe we've got some more. What else do we got here? We got a players-only lounge with NBA 2K TVs, gamings. Uh, they've got pools and trails. They've got barber shops, manicurists, pedicurists. Uh, They've got a 24-hour VIP concierge service, uh, movie screenings, DJs, ping pong, pool. They got lawn games. Uh, And here, this is something that I think is kind of cool, particularly from a television perspective, is players can attend other games. Okay, I mean, you can, I mean, there's plenty of room in the stands. It's going to be empty. This is, I think this is an intriguing uh, television Concept, other players uh, uh, attending other games. I think I think that's that's interesting. I think there's some 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 good potential television there. Um, I don't know, man. I I you know I I I read this all last night, and a lot of it I read in. I don't know. It sounds lit. This sounds like the place to be. Like, look at this. You got your barber there. You got gaming there. You got pool. You got everything you need there. You got a essentially. You can't go out to the club, so we're going to bring the club to you. Apparently, okay, there's, no, there's no confirmation in this 100-page report whether the NBA is going to be flying in women for this because I don't know that any NBA player goes to the club just to hear the music. You know what I mean? Like, Who's going to the club like, oh, this dope DJ I know is, is doing a set. I want to go hear him. Like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but are there no women there? I'm assuming there are no women involved in this. So I don't know. I don't know how over the DJ is going to be. And of course, the DJ is just, you know, he's mixing in the, you know, the 2K lounge or, or, you know, whatever, whatever other, it's just going to be a bunch of fellas hanging out with each other. Like how many women are going to be in the bubble? I mean, I know one for sure. Actually, I know two for sure. Uh, I guess, I assume Becky's going to be in there. So like, what are we talking about? Like three. Let's go back up here to the let's go back up here to the standings. This we got the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, Heat. So I know of one woman for sure who is in that hotel. I can say with an undeniable fact there is one woman in that hotel. But I think that's I think that's it. I assume maybe Lindsay Harding and Becky Hammond are hanging out at the yacht club. Is that fair? And I don't know. Lindsay Gottlieb is with the Cavs. She's not, you know, she's not coming in. I I, I don't know. That place is going to be sparse, sparse with females there for for a little bit. Of course, of course, th- it should also point out that there's a couple of mandatory positions that have to go uh, in terms of like team positions. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the, the strength coach needs to be there. Uh, there needs to be a PR person. They're having a digital media person there, which for the Sacramento Kings is money, because we know how good their digital team is. So each team has to send those appointed positions. Um, so that I, I don't know how many around the league. I don't know how many PR people are women. I don't know how many digital people are women. I don't know how many you know strength coaches and 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 different things like that. Are women? I'm looking at it from a coaching perspective, and we already know there are very few in the league as it is. Uh, there are even fewer uh, inside this this bubble here. Uh, what happens if a player doesn't want to go? Okay, well, um, nothing. They they just don't go. They forfeit a a portion of their salary. He it was phrased really weird. I actually have the. I have the exact memo here. It says it is critical that every player understand that he has the right to choose not to return to play. Any player who exercises this right will not be disciplined uh, to respect the decision of those who do return to play. It has been agreed that any player who chooses not to participate will have his, conversation, his compensation reduced by one of 92.6. There's got to be an easier way of saying that for each game missed up to cap of 14 games, even if his team plays more than 14 games in Orlando. Uh, There will be no other reductions of pay, i.e. fines for missed practices or anything of the sort, for a player's decision not to return to play. Any player, this is important because it's seven days from now, any player that wishes to exercise this right should notify his team of his election by June 24th. Now many people say well Kyrie is going to opt into this and he is not going to return to play. And that's that that very well may be true, but you also got to remember that Kyrie wasn't going to play anyways. Kyrie had shoulder surgery, we know Kevin Durant's not going to be a part of it. Brooklyn is kind of going to be one of those teams, you know, they'll obviously be around once the 8 games end, but they're they're kind of in and out. You know, they they're, they're 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 probably not going to be hanging around too long. So if Kyrie decides, like, I don't want to go to the bubble because I'm not playing, which makes complete sense if he doesn't want to go to the bubble considering he's not playing, uh, he can, I, in fact, I don't even know that he can go to the bubble now that I think about it. Wasn't there a, a, a ruling that if, if, if a player can't play, they can't go? Maybe I'm making that up. I thought that I read that. But I'm not, I'm not 100% certain that Kyrie could go to the bubble even if he, even if he wanted to. Um, I'm hoping I, this, this was a lot of information. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I didn't, I didn't miss anything. Uh, there's no, the, 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 the coaches thing, like older coaches, I guess that's going to be up for league review. I can't imagine a situation where they tell someone like Mike D'Antoni or Greg Popovich, you can't coach on the sideline. You no matter what a physician says, I, you're opening yourself up to a whole lot of issues. Uh, if that happens, you kind of have to have a, you have to have a a, a rule if you're going to implement something you you've pretty much you've just you've got to have a rule that either everybody can coach on the sideline or no coach over the age or over a certain age can coach on the sideline you can't you can't go like a case by case per basis because you're going to open yourself up to a whole lot of problems that way it says it's going to be up to a physician's review and if the physician says no Greg Popovich can't be on the sideline. No, Rick Ricardo can't be on the sideline. Or who Mike D'Antoni, or whoever. Alvin Gentry, I think, is an older coach. You better have a, a hard, definitive reason why they can't be. Or or I, th- I think there'll be a lot of issues ahead for the NBA. I mentioned the team's traveling party. So here, here's uh, coaches, trainers, uh, strength coaches, equipment managers, security, and front office personnel. Um... So we already touched on the mass. There's, there's. I told you, man. There was a lot in here, and as I, as I just, I don't know, man. As I say it out loud, I, I read all of this yesterday, and it's like, okay, it's kind of what we expected. We, I didn't know there would be smart rings or anything like that, but like I, 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 we knew, right? We, we, we knew it was gonna kind of be a, a weird situation. But now that we says it out loud, like I'm. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how feasible all of this is. Uh, There's a, there's a, did we, I don't think I touched on guests. So when guests arrive, uh, remember that's the second round of the playoffs. After the second round of the playoffs, uh, each team that advances uh, past the first round, uh, they'll be permitted to reserve up to 17 guest rooms for guests of players Uh, on the NBA campuses. Players are responsible for the cost of each hotel room used for a player guest. Uh, The cost of meals and testing for the player guest will not be charged to the players. All player guests must undergo uh, three days of self-quarantine and testing uh, either in a house or hotel in the team's home market or in Orlando outside of the NBA campus. Now, assuming that the player guest does not uh, test positive, uh, you know, they can come in. But once they're in, they can't leave. Player guests uh, who leave the NBA campus will not be allowed to return. Imagine Gloria James leaves the Disney campus to go shopping and she tries to come back in, and the NBA says, uh uh-uh. uh, ain't happening, fam. Uh, agents are not eligible unless he or she is a family member uh, of a player. So again, a whole lot at play here. I, I think we touched on all of the main. There is drug testing, uh, testing for performance enhancing drugs. Uh, there will be no testing for recreational drugs. Make of that what you will. Uh, I think that this is a very smart move by the NBA. As a matter of fact, I think NBA should you know do away with maybe they should do away with marijuana testing maybe they don't have to do away with uh, you know hard drug testing but performance enhancing drug testing will be done and i can't remember the last player who was tested positive for performance enhancing drug oh wait it was was it deandre aiden did deandre aiden get a ped suspension he got suspended for sure but was it peds i feel like it was god that feels like an eternity ago man Dude, when you think about the stuff that happened earlier in the year, it is wild. Now I realize DeAndre Ayton, it happened early in the NBA year, just like China did. It happened in the NBA year, but not necessarily 2020. Like You think about it, it's June. So we're halfway through 2020. Does anybody remember that Donald Trump was impeached this year? That's crazy. That was this year. Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash in February. In what world is that not the biggest story that happens in an entire year? Apparently, this world, because it's not even the biggest story that happened in the first six months of the year anymore. Poor David Stern. David Stern is like Farrah Fawcett. Remember, Farrah Fawcett passed away, and then Michael Jordan died, or uh, Michael Jackson died. And everybody forgot about Farrah Fawcett. It's like David Stern. David Stern passed away. He was arguably the greatest commissioner in the history of professional sports. And then Kobe died. It's like, oh. Okay. Well, that hit everybody hard. And Just as we started to recover from that, the world said, uh-uh. Let's go ahead and hit you with a virus here and knock out your whole entire world. And if that's not enough, let's... Well, you know where we're at right now, so uh, let's talk about Kyrie for a second. I, I think if if I missed anything there, I'm sorry. I tried to go through multiple articles to make sure I had as much information to relate this uh, to to relay all of these different amenities to you. I'm sure you saw uh, Shams tweeting about it quite a bit. Uh, I, I I read all of the same stuff you did from the Athletic and from ESPN, and you know, I just I don't know, man. Now that I again, now that I say it, now that we're talking about it, it's like ah, oh, gosh, this. This feels far-fetched. I'm sure that it's not, but it feels, it, it feels like it is. Uh, we talked about Kyrie for a moment there. There's a report from the New York Daily News that during a group chat with Brooklyn Nets teammates, Kyrie Irving proposed that the players start their own league. Okay. Uh, why? Why? Like why would you do that? Like I get the idea like there's there's this level of empowerment, right? When you own the league, like this is ours. We answer to no one. And that's 100% true. You you I, I don't knock anybody who looks at it like, "Hey, let's start our own business." That's what we're trying to do here, right? Forget these radio stations around Sacramento. Let's let's, let's start our own digital radio station. That's what we're doing right here. We're building our own digital radio station. But you know what comes with starting your own business? is risk. You know what happens when you don't have people like Mark Cuban and you don't have uh, people like Vivek Ranadive? You don't have their money. And without their money, that means you've got to use yours. That means it is your money that is now on the line. You're risking everything that you've earned playing. Hey, NBA players, they've got the money to start a league. They've got the money to uh, separate from the National Basketball Association, and, and start a league. It's undeniable. They could do it, but they would be taking all the risk. Why would you do that? Most great business owners, they don't start the business with their own money. They start it with somebody else's. They find an investor. They find an investor. They sell them on, on an idea, and they bring it in, and they bring them in. In our case, we started with a sponsor. We started with a Vibe Health Bar. Vibe Health Bar makes sure we have this, uh, this beautiful equipment. This high-quality microphone, these different sound shields and sound panels—they made sure we had everything we need to start our business of the podcast with Damian Barling. And that podcast has grown into Relive. It's grown into you know the Patreon account and all of that different stuff. But they they took a risk and said, "Hey, that audience that listens to the podcast—they'll they'll come in and they'll buy some juices and some acai bowls and some smoothies and." You know, they'll show us some love when we're trying to raise money and do all of that different stuff. Like, all right. It was a risk by the on, on, on their part. It was a financial investment on their part. If you're Kyrie or you're any NBA player, why would you take the risk? Because we're talking about, we're not, we're not talking about, you know, a couple million dollars risk. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. I admire Kyrie. I do. I know he's weird. I know he's different. Uh, I know he thinks differently and I know that people he's he's not, you know, particularly high on people's list. But I admire this type of thinking. I just don't think it it's the smartest idea. You have a league full of owners that's essentially the NBA, nobody's you know, I want to call Kyrie and be like, bro, you have your own league. It's the NBA. Like, the NBA is your league. There is no discrepancy in which the way that the NBA players and the NBA owners look at, you know, their business model. The business model centers around the players. That's why the revenue is split 50-50. If Kyrie's saying, yo, we could keep 100% of the revenue, Kyrie isn't thinking about this properly. You could keep 100% of the revenue, but you got to do 100% of the work, and you have 100% of the risk. What risk do you have in the NBA? Again, who knows how real this is. It, again, it was reported by the New York Daily News. It's whatever. You, you take it for whatever it's worth. Take it for a grain of salt. Take it as just a casual conversation. Carmelo Anthony, I, I, I think he he said once... This isn't in a new conversation. Like Players have had this talk before. I don't know that anybody has said it in a group text like this, or I don't know that anybody hasn't just been sitting around at dinner smoking a cigar, having a drink, going, you know, we can start our own league. We don't need anybody here. And then it just gets bantered around, left, and forgotten forever. But I feel like in a 50-50 split, you kind of do already have your own league. And it's the National Basketball Association and it pays you very, very well. And I, I mean, gosh, you go out there and you you because if the players leave and form their own league, there, there essentially is no NBA, right? The NBA becomes the, the second tier league, but you would need virtually every player to decide, yeah, we're leaving the NBA and we're going to go, go do this, and all of those players would have to put their money in. When you've got that many players putting their money into a project, I don't imagine that it's going to go well, because people don't want to to know, well, when am I going to get my return on my investment? Well, how come you see this? How many times have you heard the term? Well, there's an uprising within the, the minority owners here of the Sacramento Kings. You know, when people, what did Vivek contribute? Like a couple hundred million dollars? Is that right? To, to the Sacramento Kings? But there are guys who, you know, there are, quote, minority owners who chipped in like a million bucks and think that they're an owner of the team. And they want to know why they don't have a say. Well, the reason you don't have a say, fam, is because you contributed a million dollars. Sit down and shut up. That's gonna happen. That, that, that's what would happen here. It's like, well, wait a minute. How come I don't have more say, dude? It's because you're the twelfth man on the roster, and you put in two hundred thousand bucks, man. Sit down and shut up. We're trying to build this thing out. I, I know it's just kind of a, a like a footnote to the story because first media wants Kyrie to look silly right now for reasons like I don't know. I don't know why we can't just applaud Kyrie for asking questions or why asking questions is such a a, a negative thing or why wanting change and. And, and, and the NBA talked about social issues yesterday. They said, we're, we're, we're focused, man. We're going to meet with the Players Association. We're going to meet with our top players. We're going to meet with our superstars. And we're, we're, How do they want to approach this as we enter the bubble? Like, do they want to focus all of our attention on social issues and inequality and, and continuing the Black Lives Matter movement? Hey, let's do it. The NBA is about it, man. This isn't the NFL. And it certainly isn't Major League Baseball. I think Kyrie should kind of give this all a chance. Again, I'm I'm I'm, I'm unclear, and forgive me for, for not being prepared, about whether Kyrie can even be a part of this. Because he can't play. Like, he's ruled out. Just as Kevin Durant is ruled out. So I would think in terms of... I, I I would think the NBA wouldn't want players there, even though they're both big stars. I would think they wouldn't want players there. They wouldn't want those extra bodies there who can't actually play and can't actually participate. But I also don't know that they would shut Stars the caliber of those two guys out. So we'll, we'll see. Forgive me for, for missing that. Uh, Mike Malone, former head coach of the Sacramento Kings and, of course, current head coach of the Denver Nuggets, uh, told CBS Denver 4 in an interview on Monday uh, that he had uh, the coronavirus. He said, I'd say around March 20th I started not feeling well and began reaching out to team doctors to see if I could get a test. Unfortunately, at the time, there was no testing available. Remember, March 20th, that was nine days after the season shut down. Uh, but he, he's feeling good now. He says, uh, I'd like to say that I got coronavirus and I kicked its butt. I was able to survive. And thank goodness. Uh, COVID-19 was a big conversation. In sports yesterday. Well, as it's a big conversation all the time, I don't know why I just minimized it there. But the WWE halted its scheduled tapings yesterday as sources confirmed to ESPN the first positive test of coronavirus. So actually, I take the, take that back. It's the second positive test. It's the first one for a talent. They're saying it's a, um, what do they call them? A, uh, a performance center talent. Like uh, one of their, basically a trainee. And this person didn't get tested by the WWE. They got tested by someone outside of the company. Why would they do that? Well, it's easy because the WWE has not been testing for coronavirus. What they've been doing at their tapings for the last month and some change is they've been taking people's temperatures. Essentially, these people go to walk in the door. They take their temperature and they go, how do you feel? The talent goes fine and they go in. That is the WWE uh, uh, equivalent of, of, of testing. And they have been telling people they've been testing, but it, it's not. It's not test. They're monitoring symptoms. That's what they're doing. And so on a day in which 71-year-old Ric Flair showed up for absolutely no reason whatsoever on Monday Night Raw only to hit Christian with a low blow when he was facing off against Randy Orton. For that, they brought 71-year-old Ric Flair out there. 71-year-old Ric Flair who spent a month and, nearly a month and a half in the hospital in 2017. 71-year-old Ric Flair who has heart issues, kidney issues, and all sorts of blood problems. They marched his ass out there in front of a crowd, by the way, that consisted not only of developmental talent, but also... People, WWE decided, well, we're allowed to fill the 50% capacity. Let's just start letting talent in. They didn't let them in to to the length of 50%, but I think they filled up the Performance Center to about 20%, according to something I read. So they just started letting people in. Again, temperature checks and, hey, how you feeling? Good? Come on in. No masks, no social distancing, But they've said, well, they have no contact with the performers, so it's okay. Except when you realize that, I think it was the Street Profits, they were actually in the crowd dancing. Because you know all black performers on WWE have to dance in some sort of way. They were out there dancing. With the developmental talent, with the fans, with the family and friends and whoever was there. No social distancing there. Like to repeat. 71-year-old Ric Flair, who has been on the verge of death at least four times in the last five years, was on Monday show. No word yet. I haven't been able to find out yet this morning if they're resuming their tapings today. Obviously, NXT is scheduled to tonight, uh, for tonight, so they're going to do something. I mean, you know, WWE, they're not going to fold up shop for anybody, so uh, NXT is tonight. I assume they're back to probably a live-to-tape situation where they record later in the afternoon, and then it uh, it just goes straight to the USA Network after that. Oh, man. Here was the WWE statement, by the way, regarding uh, their fans. Yesterday, a select number of friends and family were permitted to attend WWE's TV production. These individuals were required to participate in medical screenings prior to entering the closed set at our training facility, and were kept apart from in-ring performers and production personnel. Uh, mm -mm. Attendance was below 20% capacity, and social distancing guidelines were adhered to. Mm -mm. With at least uh, six feet between parties. Yeah, that's not true. Thus, face masks were not required. They were asked why, uh, if you're going to let fans in, why they weren't required to wear face masks. Well, they said they weren't required because on their way in, they asked them, hey, how do you feel? Man, they make it tough, bro. They make it really, really tough. Uh, Dr. Fauci said in an interview with the Los Angeles Times yesterday that the Major League Baseball, they really, sh- if they're going to do something, they better start doing it immediately. He said, if the question is time, I would try to keep it in the core summer months and end it uh, with the way we play the World Series uh, until the uh, uh, end of October. When it's cold, I would avoid that. I would avoid playing uh, the uh, World Series at the end of October. That's what Dr. Fauci said. He goes on to say this virus is one that keeps fooling us. Under most circumstances, but we don't know for sure here, viruses do better when the weather starts to get colder and people start spending more time inside as opposed to outside. The community has a greater chance of getting infected. He also said the likelihood is that If you stick to the core summer months, you are better off even though there is no guarantee. If you look at the kind of things that could happen, there's no guarantee of anything. Uh, You would want to do it at a time when there isn't the overlap between influenza and the possibility of a second wave. Dr. Fauci has been very, very consistent in his uh, speaking about a second wave of um, uh, COVID-19 coronavirus impact. Uh, a couple of follow-ups here as we wrap things up happy birthday to Venus Williams I really really in just absolutely epic fashion uh dropped the ball yesterday as the day before we celebrated uh, ice cube's birthday I managed to go all of yesterday without celebrating
2: I won't deny you I'm a straight dude'
1: My bad boldies, This was a massive L on my part Like Massive I'm seriously caught What would have been Tupac's 49th birthday To say the black of the bed The sweet of the juice I say the dark of the flesh And the deep of the roots I give a holler to my sister's own well j cole released a song and, uh, i know they like to beat you down a lot, when you come it around it the block up, uh, uh, i'll play i'll play some of it for you uh, as we wrap up today's show um, uh, i listened to it I, I i listened to it once all the way through i need to give it a, a second listen it's it's a song, he, it's, a song he, it's a song he clearly heard him when he wrote it so I'll, I'll, I'll have that for you here in just a minute uh 30 for 30 ratings uh the long gone summer, it did not do well. Uh, it drew, I, I, and, and again, full disc- I did not watch it. Uh, when we read that review that said, and I'm not into reviews like you, you know, are, I don't believe like we're going to like the same things. But when they said that this was virtually a celebration of that 1998 season with no talks about why it was happening, with no talks about performance enhancing drugs, I'm going to pass, dude. I'm not going to celebrate that. Especially after all of the venom Barry Bonds got when he broke their, that, that Mark McGuire record. I'll pass. That's absolute trash to me. Absolute trash. And apparently everybody else thought that too. Because after f- roughly 5 million people, at the very minimum, 5 million people saw every single episode of The Last Dance. Since then, uh, the Bruce Lee uh, documentary, the Bruce Lee 30 for 30 did uh, Just a Shade Under a Million. Uh, Lance Armstrong did for part one, 857,000 part two, 796,000 and the long gone summer did 775,000. Uh, people were, were, they just were not interested in that nonsense. Speaking of nonsense that you're not interested in, let's check in with Mike Gundy.
0: I had a great meeting with our team today. Our players expressed their feelings as individuals and as team members They helped me see through their eyes how the t-shirt affected their hearts. Once I learned how that network felt about Black Lives Matter, I was disgusted and knew it was completely unacceptable to me. I want to apologize to all members of our team, former players and their families, for the pain and discomfort that has been caused over the last two days. Black Lives Matter to me Our players matter to me. These meetings with our team have been eye-opening and will result in positive changes for Oklahoma State football. I sincerely hope the Oklahoma State family, near and far, will accept my humble apology as we move forward.
1: No confirmation on if Mike Gundy is still being held hostage after reading that, but it was clear that that was either on a cue card or a prompter or something of the sort. A uh, quick reminder, I'll have that J. Cole song for you here in, in, in just a second, but a quick reminder, uh, patreon.com slash Damien Barling, going to drop a new episode of, of Be Conscious today centered on 1921 Tulsa. i hope you take a listen to that. Uh, also, as we wrap up here right now, I encourage you to flip over to the Deuce and Mo podcast. Go check that out. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this one on, I know they're available on YouTube. We did a video stream of it. You can search Deuce and Moe podcast on YouTube and check out the latest episode. We did it together, the three of us. It's the first time uh, in all of the, you know, I've been doing this podcast for over a year. They've been doing theirs for a number of years. Uh, it's the first time. Uh, that we've ever connected uh, so i encourage you to go listen to that there's some there's some exciting stuff in there uh, so go check that out again damienbarling.com uh, actually you can go to damienbarling.com and click on the patreon button or you can go to patreon.com slash damienbarling check out what we're doing there we'll be back here tomorrow on the podcast with Amy Barling. here's the new j cole
2: Niggas be thinking I'm deep, intelligent, fooled by my college degree. My IQ is average, there's a young lady out there, she way smarter than me. I scroll through her timeline in these wild times and I started to read. She mad at these crackers, she mad at these capitalists, mad at these murder police. She mad at my niggas, she mad at that ignorance, she wear her heart on the sleeve. She mad at the celebrities, low-key I be thinking she talking about me. Now I ain't no dummy to think I'm above criticism, so when I see something that's valid, I listen. But shit, it's something about the queen's tone that's bothering me. She strike me as somebody blessed enough to grow up in conscious environment. With parents, that know about the struggle for liberation and in turn they provide it with a perspective and awareness of the system and a fairness that afflicts them and a the clearest understanding of what we got to do to get free and the frustration that fills the worst seems to come from the fact that most people don't see just cause you woke and I'm not that shit ain't no reason to talk like you better than me how you gonna leave when you attacking the very same niggas that really do need the shit that you saying instead of conveying you holier come help us get at the speed shit it's a reason it's like 200 years for our answers is just to get free these shackles be locking the mental way more than the physical I look at freedom like trees can't grow up for us like overnight hit the ghetto and slowly start planting your seed Fuck, is the point of you preaching your message to those that already believe what you believe? I'm also fucking retweet. Most people are sheep. You got all the answers, but how you gonna reach? If I can make one more suggestion respectfully, I would say it's more effective to treat people like children, understanding the time and love and patience that's needed to grow. This change is inevitable, but ain't none of us seen this before. Therefore, we just gotta learn everything as we go. I struggle with thoughts on the daily, feel like a slave to somehow to save. And no the coins to buy his way about a slavery. Think it just maybe in my pursuit to make life so much better for me and my babies. I done betrayed the very same people that look at me like I'm some kind of a hero because of the zeros. It's next to the con- but look here, I promise I'm not who you think. Ran into this nigga outside of the store yesterday. He said something that had me like, wait. He was like, cold. appreciate what you been doing, my nigga. That's real. But damn, why I feel faker than snow on the bluff? Well, maybe because deep down I know I ain't doing enough.